there is so much that is out of the control of the quarterback throughout the course of a game, especially in New York. I was always, anytime we lost, I felt like it was my fault. What is an NFL quarterback room like? So two years ago, I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. That was my draft class. I think that this league is filled with opportunities and the guys that, that stay in the league for a long time are the guys that take advantage of those opportunities. I'm just a big believer in repetition. I'm a big routine guy and goals never end. I'm just a big, 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 All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 16 of The Room. We have an awesome, awesome guest today. This is a guy who I wanted to be on for a while. Me and One of me and Jordan's best friends. Jordan's known this guy since eighth or seventh grade. I met him five years ago. We live five minutes from each other in Dana Point. I work out with this dude every day. He beats me in pick every day in the offseason. I beat him in golf every day in the offseason. But this is our boy, Sam Darnold. I think we've been waiting to have him on. I think this is the perfect time to have him on. He's back off his injury. Fresh off his first start and his first win with the Carolina Panthers of this season, one and zero on this season, played a great game, and I think you guys are going to see an awesome side of him that he doesn't really show. Everyone thinks he's just kind of this quiet San Clemente circle kid, but the dude is cerebral. He's smart. He cares. He's motivated, and he has an awesome story. So I'm super excited for him to share that with everybody today. Yeah, and I, I don't know if misunderstood is the right term because I don't know what people understand him to be, but just unknown. People don't know his personality. He, from day one, since I met him, and and I'll, I'll probably bring it up in the interview, but he's reminded me of my older brother Carson, personality-wise, where if you just met him or if you just crossed paths with him, you'd go, oh, that guy's pretty quiet, huh? And then if you said that to his friends, his friends would be like, quiet? He's not quiet. He's just hilarious. And so, you know, it's just a little bit of who he lets in and, and a guy who doesn't isn't seeking fame and admiration from millions of people and fans. And so that part gets shut off, but he's just one of the guys and he's the ultimate homie. And so and loyal and honest and all these things that you'd want in a friend, all these things you'd want in a buddy and, and for damn sure all the things you'd want in a franchise quarterback. So I'm stoked to have him in with Kyle in the starting seat with Houston. We're going to cut the short show a little bit so he can focus in on everything he has to do this week. And we're going to jump right into the interview. If you're just joining us, this is the QB room. We take conversations that happen in a quarterback room and we're bringing it to you. As Kyle said, episode 16, had a lot of a lot of bangers so far and a bunch coming up in the hopper as well. But without further ado, let's jump into this interview with our boy, Sammy D. Darny B. Finally, here we are. The boys. The boys Welcome are back to together. Room. Sam Darnold. Here we go. Clap it up for Sam. Boys, yep. Thanks for going. Just a quick intro on Sam Darnold. This is the San Clemente Orange County legend. Grew up in San Clemente. San Clemente High School legend. Doesn't have his name on his high school yet, which is kind of controversial. Yeah, Brian De La Fuente's up there. You're not up there yet, but I went to Mission San Clemente a couple weeks ago. I noticed that. If you look really closely, if you look really closely, they put the M, Sam Clemente, on the front of the school. But it's like in Sharpie. You know what I mean? Like you can barely see it. Oh yeah, it's just like literally. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm a big deal just because the fact that I have a Sam Darnold high school bobblehead in my office. And uh, you, you and Billy's, you and Billy's. Oof, Billy's. Some of the best sandwiches in San Clemente, Billy's. Wow. Ah. Yeah, Billy's. Billy's was one of the first ones that bought one from from our coach. It's so awesome. they've, they've had one for a while now. It's also the only one out there, but we're not going to get to that. Thanks for joining, Sam. We've all known each other for 
for the last five years, this is probably one of the closest relationships we've had on the show. We've had Josh on, we've had you on, but a lot of guys on that we both know. Some of us know, some of us don't know, but this is probably one of the tightest relationships we've had on. We met back in what was it, 2018 during draft training. It was the first time I met you. And you, I thought you were the superstar, man. I thought you were going to come down all cocky, all cool, all USC, LA guy, but... You actually kept asking me, is he cool? Like, how cool is he? Because I didn't, you asked me how cool Josh was. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't really been around him that many times. I literally hung out with him twice. Yeah. And, but you were blowing me up. You kept asking me about, like, is he cool? Like, is he cool though? Like, you kept asking me like that. Yeah. Like, Dude, he's cool. Yeah, like, how sick, how sick is he? Does he surf? He must surf like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible. I don't know how to stand up. Yeah. So you guys met then, Sam and I. You met you and I met a little before then. I think you were. 15, yeah, we met. Uh, we met at Papazenko's throwing sessions, I think. Yeah. But I didn't even know. Like I didn't even connect the two. Like when I when I really met you for the first time at Elite Eleven, I was like, oh yeah, you were that guy at Coach yeah. Pazenko's throwing. So Coach Pazenko. For, for people watching this, so he was a guy who coached, really coached my brother when my brother was in middle school. And then he coached me in high school. And then he put these Sunday throwing sessions together for local middle school and high school kids. And I had hit him up because I was playing at the time. I think I was a bear or a jaguar or something. And and I was like, hey, you got a throwing session? You got some wide outs? He's like, yeah, come this Sunday. So I went Sunday. It was at Capo Valley High School, which was random. It's like the only time I ever thrown there. And I we were laughing because... At that time, you weren't, you, you hadn't done anything yet. You hadn't played on varsity. You know, you were just like one of the kids. And, and I, we were laughing because I was like, dude, that redheaded kid looks just like Carson. Because I think you were a freshman. And so we were laughing because he's the only guy who would know what Carson looked like at 14, you know? And, and you totally did look like him. And then you fast forward, yeah, Elite 11. We actually spent a bunch of time in Oregon at Elite 11 because I remember, and this was one of the, the stories that I told a lot of people during the draft was that you were, you know, very rarely as a kid go to, you know, there's usually like one kid at the elite 11 who's uncommitted, you know what I mean? Like pretty much everyone's committed and you were between what USC and Duke at the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just another story of me being cool and different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another story. Just being uncommitted. Everyone's like committed to these schools and I'm just like, I don't really know which one yet. No, you know? I think it's more that you're like so, super indecisive. So uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah either <laughs> or. And and so and so we we had talked about that weekend because you ended up, you know, watching Ricky Town throw and seeing that, and then committing to SC, and then the rest is history. So then we had spent a lot of time together through college and all that stuff. So this is a fun one. We all we're all locs too. We all you you can claim San Clemente all you want, but like you're Dana Point local now. So there's a triangle. There's a triangle between where I'm sitting right now in my garage gym and Kyle's house and Sam's house. That's probably like each point is like less than a mile away. So would you say if you throw Josh's in there, it's like a square or would it be more rectangly? I'd say it's more of a diamond than anything. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you some addresses. Okay. We can do a little something cool in post production, maybe. Yeah, but it's or not like houses in post production. That's probably smart, you know. Yeah, that's actually like smart. Yeah. Parallelogram, parallelogram. More so. Trapezoid. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? We uh, all live five yeah, minutes from each other. I live close enough to borrow your stand up paddle boards all the time. So. Oh yeah. Not close. You always steal. Oh yeah. Go no. Go ahead. Thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We were just talking before the show how we really haven't been able to talk. I mean, 
I talked to, I probably, Sam, we probably call each other like two or three times a season, maybe like every couple of weeks, Jordan, we talk every week because of this, but like in the off season, like this is the crew plus Josh when he's around, but we haven't got to talk in a while. And this is like the last two weeks or last week really was a pretty big week for all of us. Like Sam coming off the ankle, getting his first start of the year, Jordan having his kid, me getting the first start of the year. How was it, Sam? I mean, that ankle injury was gnarly. I remember getting a text about your ankle injury. I think Brittany, Josh's girlfriend, texted up because you guys were playing Buffalo, and she texted me and goes, it looks like Kyle's ankle, and I hadn't seen it yet, and I went and watched the video, and it looked awful. How long did it take you to like actually get over that injury? Dude, so I'm not going to go into details about like what – our training staff said like in terms of time in terms of how long it would take me to get back but I ended up having conversations with our guys at Modus with Drew Mm -hmm. and he was like dude like you know I think it's going to be a little longer just because you know how you know NFL training staffs are they're you know trying to get you back fast and just trying to get you out there so you can get back to playing and in my position I was like they named Baker the guy like I'm in no rush yeah I'm in no rush to come back. Like I want to come back fully healthy, ready to roll. So yeah, dude, that injury was a bitch. <laughs> it sucked. And it, it was probably the, the worst injury that I've not like worst in terms of like m- most gruesome. Like I broke my foot. I think that was probably the worst thing that happened, but like it was, it was just so annoying. Cause you're good. Like, you know, like I was good running straight. I felt fine. Like walking around the facility after like two weeks. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I try to cut or do something and I'm just like, it is not right. Something's not right. And I felt like that probably for the first like seven weeks of it. And, you know, Drew said it was going to be about eight weeks, nine weeks. And so it was right around that eight, nine week period, probably nine weeks where I felt totally confident, which was, you know, obviously a few weeks ago now. Yeah. So you know, I felt confident. I was starting to practice again, obviously taping it up like crazy, spatting, which is, I guess, my new swag, which I'm completely fine with. Sick. I um, like it. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I didn't see it. I didn't even see you spatted. <laughs> so, That's sick. Oh, uh, he was just it's, blacked out from the knee down. It was it was a good look. I think he had the green cleats, though. It was good. Contrasted the pale face. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I had my green cleats with our green uniforms, Jordan. It's a it's a greenish hue. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, it's one of the many blues that we rock, yes. uh, but no. So I spat now, which is sick, and I've always wanted to spat, and here I am. Yeah. Uh, high school, I used to spat myself in high school because I thought it looked so sick. Yeah, you used to make it look like Jack Purcell's, like you were one of those guys. Oh I yeah, like the Nike sock that you pulled over your cleat that was like a spat. I thought I was- <laughs> when I played, there was a company called Spats with a Z, so you know it was a good company. Nice. And, and and you'd you'd wrap it, and it was supposed to help you. And then they had this little this little like sock you'd pull over it. I would just do the, just the sock part, so there was like no value to it whatsoever. Yeah. And then my coach came in and said, "Get that, take that shit off." So yeah, that's money. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about another another, go ahead. No, just another cool thing that Jordan did. Guilty. Uh, no, so- so, you know, obviously coming back last week was huge, but, you know, I just think like my coach, like the coaching staff, I think just everything, my dad, you know, we all hear corny stuff from our parents growing up, but like everything happens for a reason. Like 
I truly, I truly believe that now more than ever after going through this and going through the whole off season. And I mean, you guys, you guys were there when we, you know, we were at a throwing session. Then all of a sudden I look at my phone, coach rule. Like I got a missed call from coach rule. Like you can you know, call him Matt now. You can just call him Matt. Yeah. You don't, uh, go you don't have to call him coach rule anymore. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you know, I get a, get a missed call from him and then I see on the ticker, like sign traded for Baker Mayfield. And so like so much shit happened in the off season and they name him the starter right before Buffalo boom, Buffalo. I, you know, tweak my ankle and, you know, I remember, you know, going, you know, I broke down a little bit in the locker room, you know, after the injury in Buffalo or not in Buffalo, but against Buffalo at home, you know, I go in the locker room and I'm just kind of sitting there like, no one's around. I'm in the locker room by myself, like, you know, breaking down as much as I would break down, which is just a little tear that came down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An angry dog. No, I, just a... Yeah. And I just, yeah, I just <clears throat> push it right back you in. Probably, <laughs> you probably sniffled a little too. <laughs> You're probably a sniffler with that yeah. jawline. I could see you sniffle for sure. Yeah. My, my lip was quivering a little bit. Yeah. But um, let's go back a little bit too, because you talk about like all this stuff that's kind of happened in Carolina starting this summer, but even like right before you went to Carolina, I remember if anyone doesn't know this, Sam is the sauna God. He has the OG sauna at his house. Whenever he wants to hang out, he doesn't ask you to come over and hang out. He said, come over and let's go sauna. Right. And so after that year with your second year with the jets, they hired Sala Everyone came in, you know, you were kind of in an indecisive moment in your career because you didn't know what was going to happen to you. And I just remember coming over to your, to your house for like a couple months and, and we were, we were getting the sauna, we'd hang out, we'd talk, whatever, but it, you could just tell that there was something like off and pent up in you. And then when you get traded to Carolina, was it a trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You get traded to Carolina. Like you just, I just felt this, like, even you said it, you just felt this weight off your shoulders of, you know, what's going to happen. And you're excited about this opportunity. Take us through those moments in your head, because like you said, you barely shed a tear and that's you breaking down. Like in those moments, you, you hold a lot of stuff in, but what were you thinking during those couple months? Yeah, it's a great question. Great question, Kyle. Thanks, He's a good um, interviewer, dude. I'm telling you, like, like when he lacks in looks, he makes up for it in interview questions, but go ahead. And ne- neck length. Yeah, and neck length, too. It's really good. It's really long neck. Yeah, that's what that's what Summer saw in you. No, but, dude, I mean, yeah, we'd have our deep convos in the sauna. It was weird, though, when you would get out like 10 minutes before me, and I would have to just sit there by myself. <laughs> uh, so strong. So mentally strong in the sauna. Sorry. <laughs> No, but no, it was awesome, dude. I mean, just, you know, that, that moment of, of like, finally, you know, like you, you kind of, I kind of had some clarity for the first time of like what was going to happen. And I knew like what Carolina gave up to, to get me. And I knew that they were picking up my fifth year option was, which was a big deal, you know, or still is a big deal, you know, in terms of cap room. Yeah. So they really, you know, they committed to me and, and that, you know, it, it felt good because, you know, I, I go to New York, like McCagnan drafts me. McCagnan's the GM when they draft me. Coach Todd Bowles is the head coach. And my my rookie year, I mean, you know how it goes. Like, you're a rookie. It goes by, like, in the blink of an eye. And then, you know, you're, you're really just doing your best to survive every week, or at least that's how I felt. I felt like I played pretty well my rookie year, but you're really just, you're swimming. And you're trying to like get a grasp of some of these defenses and 
thank God I had Josh McCown. We can maybe dive into that later of how important backup quarterbacks are. But, but like, yeah, just Josh was able to help me so much throughout that year in terms of just keeping me afloat and, and making me just understand defenses and understand like, hey, like, it's okay that you don't understand this. Just play the progression and play through your reads and trust your eyes, all that stuff. So I'll be forever in debt to that guy for how much he helped me my rookie year. But so anyways, so I come in with McCagnan and Bowles. They fire Bowles after my rookie year. Gase comes in. So McCagnan hires Gase as the head coach. That first year goes by. Er, yeah, they draft. They they have a whole draft class. And, and then they hired And as, sign Le'Veon Bell. And sign Le'Veon Bell. They let McCagnan do all that, then fire McCagnan. Exactly. So before my, my second year, McCagnan does the draft, gets Le'Veon, gets all these free agents, and then they fire McCagnan, hire Joe Douglas. Now Joe and Adam, you know, they're, you know, supposed to be guys, but you know how it goes. Like, it's not really like, his guy and then you know after that second year it was just like okay like you know we we played okay I think we went like six and two the last eight games we ended the season seven nine so like we were playing okay and like that third year is like the the year you're supposed to make a jump and we did quite the opposite we did not have a very good year that that third year in New York and and so yeah that was it and so Gase got fired and Jody hires his guy in Sala and you know I I had meetings with, you know, God rest his soul, uh, Greg Knapp and Michael Floor, now the OC there. Like I was having meetings with those guys, the new coaching staff in New York. And so I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I could, you know, I'm, I'm still thinking like, okay, I'm going to start New York and, and run this great, you know, Niners Shanahan system. Which um, is that perfect for about. you. Perfect for you. Yeah. And so, and, and that's exactly what I was thinking was, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to run the shit out of the ball. We're going to run a bunch of nakeds. We're going to run a bunch of play actions and only drop back when we need to, which is, I believe, the, the right way to play football. And especially in the NFL, because it's hard, Kyle, as you know, in that second half, like it's hard to just start dropping back and playing ball. I mean, you did a great job, though. Thanks. You don't have to be. But, that, was, that was a hard game all around to start. But I'm with you. Yeah. That's that's kind of how it went in New York, and then to come here to Carolina and and get that news and be traded and and just, I guess what I'm getting at is like I felt wanted yeah. in Carolina, like yeah. I felt like they wanted me to be the quarterback and be the guy, and that was a really good feeling. And you know that's that's the feeling that every quarterback chases in the NFL is, you know, sign a big contract, be the guy, you know, even as even as a backup. You know, you want to be able to sign a big contract with a with a team, big contract in terms of, you know, being a backup and, and be the guy for the guy. I think that's a, a backup stream as well. And it's it's honestly a, a great living as well. So just ask Chase Daniel. And it's you know, that's but that's what you want as a you want to be able to to you know, have a team want you. And that's that's kind of what I felt in Carolina. And I guess that's kind of why I felt that weight yeah. lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And I think it goes also back to, it's just, you just want to feel supported. I think the playing quarterback in the NFL is one of the most overwhelming, responsible, like you have the weight of a billion dollar corporation on your shoulders. Like you need to be able to feel supported and feel like you can play the most confident as possible as you can out there and not think about anything else, but making plays and getting shit done. And, and this, yeah, this shows I up think, too, like with play callers, right? Like we, you guys have all played for somebody where 
a head coach meddled in the offensive coordinator's play calling, right? Like he's sitting here trying to call a game and the head coach chirps in and go, Hey, run it. You know what I mean? I just take a shot. Right. And so we, we've all played with somebody where the OCs vented to us about that fair. And it's the same thing, right? Like, am I, am I, can I do this? Like, am I running the offense here? Can I do it the way that I've been thinking about all week? This is the only thing I've been thinking about all week is calling plays against this defense. And then you're chiming, chiming in last second. I think as quarterbacks, it's the same thing. I hear college and guy, pro guys vent to me all the time on this. It's just like it's, it's support. Yeah. I want to feel wanted. Sure. But you guys are also adults, right? So like you don't have to feel wanted. What I want to be able to do is go like, can I play the game the way I've been thinking about playing it all week and the way I'm feeling it right now mm-hmm. and not, not have to like look over to the sideline or go jump on the headset real quick and get second guessed and doubted. And I think like yeah. a contract does that money does that freedom does that like making a mistake in a game and then saying, Hey, look, we want you to keep pulling that trigger, man. Sometimes it's going to go that way. Like you just have to have that. And I see so many programs where the, you, you're, they make the quarterback gun shy based off a lack of, all those things you just said. Yeah. And I was, I was having a conversation too with someone right before this on the phone, like about kind of what I've learned through being out and just sitting back and watching not only on our team, but on the league, like I've got to see, you know, from a distance, like you, you see guys like Aaron, like Tom, like Matt Ryan, like guys who are hall of fame caliber players struggle. Now, granted, they're at the back end of their career, but they're still great players. Mm -hmm. They're still super smart. They know where to go with the ball before the ball is even snapped, all those things. And, you know, I see the things that are going on on our team with Baker and PJ, and it's like there is so much that is out of the control of the quarterback throughout the course of a game. And, like, for me to realize that, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys, like, I just realized that, like, these last few weeks. Wow. Like, and for me, like, especially in New York, I was always, anytime we lost, I felt like it was my fault. And I think as a competitor, like, that's important. That's a very important quality to have. Like, I think there needs to be some of that in you. But I felt like to an, it was almost, it, it was almost too much. I, I was feeling that way a little too much at times. I felt like in New York and even last year at times, but now there are, there are games where you force the ball and you turn it over two or three times and you're like, damn, like if we didn't have those turnovers, obviously we have a better chance to win. But there's so many, there's so many other factors that go into winning and there's so, many, there's so many players playing the game with you. I mean, there's 11 on offense, 11 on defense, however many people play special teams. Like, and so I think to have that perspective, like I remember thinking in the game on Sunday that we played, like there were like – one or two drives where we had three and outs, but we were up by 10 points at the time. And it was like third and four in our own territory. And we had, we ran like an inside zone play. And I just like ran off the field knowing like, we're good. Like our defense got us. If they don't, we're going to go out there and have a good drive next drive. Like it was, it was a very calm mindset that I had. And I don't know if I would have felt that way if I had that time off and time to like, you know, to be quite honest, like see great players struggle and to see even some of the guys that are in the same QB room as me struggle as well. Yeah, I think yeah. back to too, I think you always get told the quarterback controls the temperature of the, the room that controls the temperature of the offense. You can make stuff right when it's wrong, right? You can make up for other people's mistakes and and at the end of the day, the quarterback can win the game. Like you always get told these things. And then 
I've had a similar mindset as you. And it's tough to get out of that mindset. It's tough to like bring yourself back down to earth almost and be like, no, it's not always on you. Like you can't, like you can't win everything on your own, you know? And that can transfer over to your play. As you said, forcing things, there's been points in my career too, where I feel like, all right, I got to make something happen for my team. Like, like I got to win this game for my team. And then you force something and you force a turnover or a bad player. You know what I mean? And it just, it just compounds on itself. And I feel like that's what you're saying right now is like, you try and put it all on your shoulders. And when that starts happening, it almost just backfires on you because you just do stuff that's that's out of your character, or out of your technique, or out of the game plan. It's almost just, how do you simplify it enough to just stick to the game plan and, and stick to what we know? It's that thing that I mean everybody's always said, right? It's like control what you can control, which is it's that's so easy to say. You yeah. know, it's like that's like saying like let's just you know, it's one game at a time. You know, it's like anybody can say that. It's just hard to not it's really hard. You know, it's hard to yeah, do it's it. Like, it's like when you're when you're in the position of okay, you've had a couple three and outs in a row. It might be twenty one zero. It might be fourteen zero in the first half, and you've had a couple three and outs in a row. All of a sudden, it's third and twelve, and you're dropping back, and you're running like, you know, you're running like two B lines, a dagger, and like a, a shallow. Yeah, and you're like, twelve yards deep too, and you're like. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to fucking try to squeeze this fucker in there to the end cut and let's fucking see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that was the position I was in last game. We were, I just thrown up the terrible pick and they ran it back to the two and they scored and it was 17 0. And I remember our next third down, it was like third and 12. And it was two man. And as soon as I got the ball and dropped back, I'm like, I'm gonna run this bitch. Like I'm gonna go down. And then I went to like try and juke their safety, and I slipped, and he hit me, and then he walked over me and dragged his nuts on my forehead, and the whole side <laughs> on me. And I was like, God, bring back down a notch, dude. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of you know, kind of your story and and the Jets and the adversity and the injury, of this we do a, a segment each week, and it's called QB to QB. We have our guest on from the last week, ask our guest from the next week a question. First, it was we started this with Kirk Cousins two weeks ago. He asked, what's your cover zero answer to Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan, oh, I know Ryan's. Yeah, Ryan, you do know Ryan's. Yeah, it's Gotti right here. It's fake Gotti. Yeah, exactly. Drift to the right, pump the out, and throw the go. That's exactly what he said. You're, there you go. Yeah, and then Ryan asked a question. I think it's kind of perfect for what we've been talking about right now. Ryan's question was, there has to be a time in your career when you lost confidence in yourself. When was that time and how did you regain your confidence and recenter yourself? Deep question and, from Harvard boy. And by the way, Ryan didn't know who the next guest was. So yeah. we don't know who our next guest is. You're going to have a question <laughs> at the end too. So yeah, he, he knew it was going to be me and he was like, That's the first so, you Ooh, lost, adversity. so I know you've lost confidence <laughs> in yourself. What are you going to do to get it back? Cause you don't have it anymore. No, dude, I honestly think we kind of just talked about it. You know, I think, you know, is there one um, moment? Yeah, what's the I, no? I just want I want to know like, what's the lowest point so far? You've had some downs here, man. After nothing but ups, right? High school was pretty sick. College was pretty insane, right? Rookie year, bunch of money, high pick, all that, and then like, boom, it's hit you. What what is the lowest point? What made you lose the confidence, and how'd you get it back? Shoot, twenty twenty was a tough year. That was the year that like people were starting to say, oh, let's let's tank for Trevor in New York. This is my last year in New York. And we're, we haven't won a game and it's like week 12 or 13 or whatever. And, you know, people are starting to say that, get Sam out of New York. Like that was 
definitely the lowest of the lows that I could have gotten. And then, you know, this is kind of like a four week window. Like I, we play that Thursday night game against Denver and I have a grade three AC separation. Um, going that game too. That's the game you ran the 60 yard touchdown, right? Yeah. That's, that's the game that I fake slid before Kenny fake slid yeah. two years after nice try, Kenny. and got all the credit. Not mad about it. Don't remember that at all, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> no. So that game happens and I like, I shoot up my shoulder for like three games in a row and every Monday I'm just dying, literally dying, like can barely sleep, like taking, taking drugs. I'm not going to say which ones, but to fall asleep at night and, you know, to even practice, like, because as a quarterback, that's like the one position you can't really, you got to practice and unless you're like Brady and some of these other guys, but no. And so I just get over that. And I remember having a conversation in a production meeting with Brian Greasy of all people. He's like, dude, don't stick a needle in your shoulder. And he's like, don't let them do that. It's, it's not, it's never going to work out. Like you just like, let your shoulder heal. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I sat out a few, a few weeks. And I think me sitting out those weeks, that was probably the low point of my career so far. Me sitting out and not having won a game all year. I think this was like week 11 week 12. And then I come back, play the last few games. We win two of them. And I think me coming back, me coming back, we, we lose, a, we lose a couple after I come back. And then we played LA in LA. This was, I think Goff's last year. I remember that now. In LA, you know, this is when they're rolling. They got the new uniforms, they got the studs, all that. And yeah, we just, we went out there. Our defense played really, really well, but we scored points. I mean, we were driving it up and down the field. We had a really good game plan wow. and they weren't ready for it. And they, they weren't, I don't think, taking us very seriously at all. And we ended up winning the game. I remember last play of the game before we got in victory formation, we needed to, we needed to get the first down. We knew they were going to play man on third down. It was like third and four or five. And we ran this concept where we knew they're going to have trouble running with like sweep motions. And we were just going to run stick out of a sweep motion or out of a counter sweep motion. And, uh, and so we run it, boom, he comes back. They, they had seen it. I mean, we probably ran it like, I think once or twice in the game before that, or in the, in the same game. And so the guy kind of just like stays there and just plays it off. And, and so they cover it really well. Frank Gore slips between the center and the guard and just kind of like sits right there, like right, like two yards in front of the sticks. And I just boom. And like Aaron Donald's like right in my face. And I just boom, like dip it, like just dump it to him real quick. And he just boom, right in his stomach. And he backpedals like three yards. Oh, he didn't, I guess he didn't gone. roll. He didn't hit the ground and roll. Did not, no, he did not roll. This is before he didn't I made know that you could do that. Yeah. He did that too. Yeah, you made the yeah. barrel roll popular too. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, didn't exactly. know you could do that. Yeah. I yeah. bet you Kenny Pickett's going to have oh. like a really sick like roll in the next couple of weeks. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do it from like 10 yards outside the end zone. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, like being able to come back from that time, like, not winning a game to going to LA, beating the Rams, and then a couple weeks later, being or 
the week after, I think, beating Cleveland at home. Baker was rolling with those guys like Jarvis and Odell. A couple of them got COVID, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But <laughs> I remember Jarvis was playing. So, you know, he had that. Odell didn't do it. Yeah. Anyways. Right. And uh, Miles Garrett was playing. So, yeah. And to be able to beat those two really good teams, two playoff teams, yeah. like, that's that's kind of when I got my confidence. And I was just like, all right, dude, like, fuck it. Like, this the year, this whole year was, you know, it sucked. It is what it is. But at, at the end of the day, like, I'm still a really good quarterback. And I belong in this league. I, I deserve – or not deserve, but I belong, you know, I think that was, that was kind of the biggest, the biggest thing that could have happened for me after starting a year like that. Yeah. Well, you think about, you said you lost like 11 or 12 games in a row. You think about, well, I mean, we're in a similar spot right now. We've lost a ton of games this year. You think about all the work you put in every single week, right? Like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leading up to the game, all the film you watched, all the game plans you install, all these things you think are going to be great on Sunday. And then to just consistently, like week after week, just have them not work for whatever reason, right? It could be you, it could be coaches, whatever, just have them not work. And then you got to watch the film on Monday and come back Tuesday and, and just watch it and start game planning for another team. And when you continue to lose like that over and over again, especially when you're the guy that's supposed to be under center and making it happen and making it win, getting wins for the franchise. It's so hard to not be like, do I belong? You know, like, do I, am I supposed to be here? Like, am I good enough? Like, is it me? And especially with the mindset you had talking about then, right? You're thinking it's all on me. I got to make it work. Like, so I'm sure like when you say those two wins, especially against playoff teams, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm the fucking man. Like I belong here. Like I totally relate to that like that makes complete sense to me. yeah yeah no it's I, I think Tua said something very similar like I think after this this past year that he had he was contemplating like do I belong I think I saw an interview and and then like Mike McDaniel came along and was just like he like I guess showed him like a highlight tape of like a bunch of plays that he played really well and he was like dude you belong in this league like we believe in you like blah 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 you know and I think it's important. I think it's not important. I think it's, it's, you need it as a quarterback, you, especially as a starter, you need coaches and front office to believe in you. And because if they don't in the back of their head, they're not going to, they're not going to build the team around you. They're going to build for someone to come in and replace you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's ultimately that's, that's when you get the most toxic organizations in the league is, is when people don't fully believe that this is our guy for the future and they just try to build and they, and they continue to build for the future. They don't, they don't see what's right in front of them. And I think, I think it's important to, to have people that believe in you as a starting quarterback. And if you don't, then it's the fucking tough, tough place to be in the NFL. All right. So that was Fitzy's question. We're going to throw it to you. We don't know who our guest is next week, but what is a question that you have for whoever our next guest is? Yeah, I was thinking about this. So there's been a lot of cover zero in the end. No, I'm just <laughs> nice, dude. Um, I don't know. That's a. Do I have time to think about this, or can I? I have to think of something on. Think on the spot. What is it? What is something that you? What is something that young you would have asked Josh McCown? <laughs> Where do I go eat? <laughs> How do I get my hair exactly like yours? Yeah. Yeah. What time's the eight o'clock meeting start tomorrow? <laughs> what is the most important thing that you get done 
in your routine on game day, whatever it is, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, if you guys interview high school guys, we don't, but yeah. uh, what is the most important part of your routine in terms of getting ready for a game on game day? I like it. What's your, good. having your ice cream on Saturday night before the game, you got to get your milkshake. In. <laughs> no, no, that's not game day. Oh, okay. sorry. Milkshake and chicken. Uh, please. No, probably listening to 15th and the first by Gucci Mane. Okay, sweet. Walk a walk of flame. Nice. I got to check that off the list. I've been listening to that since high school. So that's great. That's awesome. All right. We're um, going to a little bit. Let's talk about your basketball career. I think I was telling Jordan this before. I think that I've played you in pig like a thousand times. I'd probably say at stance. I have won like seven, maybe. You know what? You've been getting better. I've been getting better, but it's that's technically not basketball. I'm just good. Kyle's been getting better at a lot of stuff in the offseasons. His golf game's gone through the roof. I've He's been a lot of work. shooting. I don't know how you are on the Airdyne bike. I'm sure you've gotten better at that too. But you know what it's going to be this year, though? It's pickleball this year. Pickleball. Yeah, we got a lot of pickleball. And by the way, the gate at Monarch, by the way, is coming together real nice, Sam. And that pickleball court's going to be silly. <laughs> <laughs> you average 14 points a game in high school which to be honest i'm i thought it was gonna be better than that i thought it'd be higher yeah in the 20s or something but 14 points per game nine rebounds per game you are still a solid basketball player i don't know how you are in actual basketball but you can shoot the lights out of the gym mm-hmm. we're gonna play a little game you're gonna be a one-on-one basketball against these different guys in the nfl you're gonna tell us who do you think you can beat and why you ready? Okay. All right. First off, we're going to start you with the easy one, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I know. He's, I know Joe B's got a lot of games. He's going to watch, watch this too. I know he's going to watch this. And I think I could take Joe B. One on one to 11. You can take him? Yeah. Yeah, I think I could take Joe B. I think it'd be close. What's your strategy? I know he's a really good, I know he's a good basketball player. I mean, you know, I, I saw him. I got to see him before the game. He's looking pretty thin. He is. Yeah, but that's by design. He's like playing at like 203 right now. And my specialty was... He's a little longer than you, too. He 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 probably got like an inch on you. I think I could take Joe B. Just, I don't know. I feel like his post game, like, I think he would struggle guarding me in the post. But, you know, I know he's going to have something to say about it. But... All right. So you're back. What about... Speaking of post game, where you don't don't, probably don't have the upper hand, how about Cam Newton? And not only is this one-on-one in stance, it's also one-on-one's mini basketball in the quarterback room. So, so I did. I beat Cam in horse several times in our locker room. We had a hoop that we had put up. Granted, it wasn't ten feet. Oh, was it um, not the mini hoop? It was the big hoop. But I won. I won. It was the big hoop. It was the big hoop, but it was at like eight feet. He's in the me locker. a guy who's got like a, a non-very, like a not very like fluid jumper. He probably like pushes it. No, he doesn't. He's but too buff. He would probably he'd probably be pretty tough to handle in the post. I would assume. Yeah. All right, um, so you or Cam? Me. Okay. What about Josh? Me. Yeah, for sure. You can be Josh. What about Drew Locke? Ooh. Okay, this is where I this is where I struggle because Drew got offers like big time offers. Yeah. I'm a I'm gonna be very modest here, but honestly, very realistic and go Drew there. All right. What about Deshaun? You've, you've hooped with Deshaun before. I think I could take Deshaun. You could take Deshaun? Yeah. All right. What about, and we've only, I, I've never hooped with him before, only seen highlights. What about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I heard he's got game, but I think I'll be able to take him. 
You can't just think corner threes the whole time either. Like you got to get in the paint. I don't think, no, I don't. I don't think. I mean, Pat's. You know, he's not. He's not as tall as me, and I feel like I'd be able to just back him down and shoot fadeaways. Do the typical. Hezzy to the left, over the right shoulder, fade away. Yeah, that's nice. So, I like it. All right, so of our list, Drew's the only guy where you're like, yeah, probably not. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I know Drew, and I know he's a hooper. What about, so. what about Miles Garrett? <laughs> I mean, that guy would just back me down and dunk over me Have you seen the it? entire game. He used to play basketball at the rack at A and M, and he used to just yam on people. Like in people's lives. Yeah, I've, I've seen all his highlights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that one. <laughs> all right. Let's respect. You do have one of the best basketball games I've ever seen. And it's just consistent, boring, just vanilla. It's just, yeah. Wet from all over the place. It's just, yeah. I'm just a student of the game. Like, first one in. I'm just a out. gym rat. Yep. First one in, last one out yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. I just loves the game. I will say though, the one time that we did play sevens with Clay Thompson, I beat you and I almost beat Clay. Yeah, but we all almost beat Clay. And Clay would no, but that was like I, that was, Clay that was early, bro. That was like he was just coming off like an ACL or something that time. Clay didn't even warm up. No. When I made like two in a row on him, he like actually locked in. He was like, Oh fuck, like I need to beat this yeah, guy. He's yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm not about to give these kids a story like, where they can go what? tell their friends they beat me. No, no, sir. On a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, i want to hop into a quarterback play with you because i know out of all the quarterbacks that like we hang out with and talk with i think you're one of the top guys that like really is like no joke actually like a student of the game you love watching people you love watching other people's games people probably don't know this but we used to a couple years ago when we were at the the what is it what beach is that where me and josh were renting that house out yeah so we were not even a look yeah, sorry, not like we would have wine Wednesdays where everyone would bring over a bottle of wine and we would throw film on, like literally in the off season from whatever eight thirty until midnight, and we would just chug wine and watch film. When you were thinking about quarterbacks in the league today, who are some of the, your favorite guys to watch, and and where do you see the league going? We ask a lot of guys this question: where they see the league going with quarterbacks? Where do you see it going? Yeah. By the way, we need to bring that back. That was I, I was just thinking that way you said that. Yeah, that was fun. And you got the you got the spot for it too, or my office either way. Yeah. No. You, yeah. Way to invite yourself over, dude. <laughs> well, he already invited myself. I created the concept of this. What are you talking about? He's already talking about the gate to your neighborhood. Like he's driving by it every day. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you're in my garage right now. Where are my paddleboards? <laughs> this is. I, is it cool that I hung that in your garage? It's cool. Yeah. There was like a number eighteen jersey. I don't know who it was. You, yeah. I would love a signed five UTEP jersey. That'd be like I'm I'm good on jerseys if I can get one of those. That's the one only one, bro. I'm not a big keeping keeping past paraphernalia guy, but there you go. It's in my garage in my in my gym. But go ahead, answer the question. Enough about me. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I'm getting ready for a game, if if the team has played Tennessee, especially with the way we're running the ball, like I really like watching the Broncos against Tennessee. I like I like watching Tannehill every now and then. I think. I think we play similarly, but I think most importantly, I think teams play us very similarly in terms of like kind of sneaky athlete can run around a little bit, but also our, our running, our run game is, is pretty similar right now. So that was a really good one for me to watch just off the top of my head. They played us very similarly to how they played Tennessee in terms of Denver, but I mean, all time guys, I mean, it's, it's so fun to watch Aaron. I mean, 
Aaron Rodgers is is unreal to watch because he just does things that you know you necessarily can't do and I think for you know it's kind of like you know as a little kid watching superhero movies you know what I mean like you you dream of being able to fly one day and you dream of being able to do some of these things that Aaron can do on a football field and you know I like to think that I can do most of them but some of these throws that he makes are just unbelievable I think the way the way that Tom the way that Tom can be able to you know, recognize pre-snap and just understand what's going on. I mean, there's there's nothing like it, you know. And to, to be honest, I think because we were watching – I watched a Jacksonville game of them playing Denver. I think Trevor is playing at a really high level right now. I agree. I think, I think there are some times where he can force the ball a little bit, which is – I mean, all of us do that, but especially down there in the red zone. And, like, there, he's had a couple, like, first or second down turnovers in the red zone where it's like, that's a big no-no. But, I mean, other than that, I feel like he's been playing really, really good football. I mean, the list goes on and on, but those are some of the guys that kind of come to mind right now. But Trevor's been playing awesome. I think the, the one thing with Trevor that I've seen is he'll just, like, early in the season, he was just missing throws for, like, whatever reason. He was kind of overthrowing guys or overdoing it, maybe trying to be too careful, but, like he looks so comfortable back there now and he's he does man he's letting it rip he's letting mm-hmm. it rip like throwing on time they're running some awesome concepts they're getting guys open for him but he's also like throwing in tight windows and when you watch him play it looks like he's diagnosing coverage really well i think you can tell like when you're watching film on guys like if they're if they understand what coverage it is and where their eyes go and the safeties roll and and the nickel blitz you know what i'm saying like when yeah. they see the indicators their eyes go straight to where they're not going to reach or be i think he's doing a really good job of that I, I remember a few times i'll talk about my career my freshman year in college i played for a coach we won one game that year and i was a freshman i had only played my senior year in high school i'd never really played before and we ran freeze option a lot fake it to the fullback have an option to end and the offense didn't make sense. It didn't fit me. We weren't good. It was just such a dumpster. Fi- and the players were quitting and all. It was such a dumpster fire. And then my second year, my sophomore, my redshirt sophomore year, Mike Price comes in. We throw it out every play. We go nuts. We win 10 games. And I, and I remember talking to my brother and being like, I feel like this is my freshman year. Like, I feel like you can scrap my entire last year because I didn't learn anything. None of it was relevant. And it was so foreign to what we actually do i feel like this is my freshman year that's how i feel like because i'm watching every snap of trevor right now and i feel like just this is his rookie year just scrap last year the amount of dumpster fire like think about all the shit we heard with urban meyer and everything was coming out and you guys know how it is you're only hearing a small percentage of what's actually happening and like the meetings and the two coaches that got in the fight i'm making things up right now but like the, the the comment he made to this person that then became a whole thing that whole week in the locker room, like this is his rookie year. You know what I mean? And so it's like, if you could ever scrap an entire year for somebody and everyone would go, yeah, I agree. You know, a lot of rookies have struggled the rookie year. I mean, Peyton Manning led the NFL in interceptions his rookie year, but this one, it's like, I feel like this is Trevor's real rookie year. And the first two games are different than the third to the fifth game different than the seventh through the 12th game. And yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, man. He just looks like his eyes are in the right spot and he's ripping it. Yeah. He's missing a couple cause you're going to earlier in your career, but he's on it. And, uh, and we all know him, but so I'm, I'm stoked for him. Yeah. He's just a good dude. You know? I, yeah, I agree. But I disagree also. Cause you know, I think everyone gets dealt bad hands every once in a while and you know, he could, he could deal That's with it. That's the worst thing I've ever seen though. 
It's the worst hand I've ever seen. No doubt. No doubt, but I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, he's, um, he's just a little he jealous is fine. of the hair. He's just a little jealous of the hair. Also, like, Kyle, the way you talk about him seeing coverages, like, you can tell that he's being coached really well, yes. too, which is yeah. which is awesome it's, to see. It's huge. I, early in my career when I had Norv and I had Scott Turner, I think that's what they did best. They, were, they didn't overcoach, you know, technique or whatever. They spent so much time on – like teaching you how to diagnose the coverage. And then when you see what coverage, here's your read, right? Simplify it. Like if we saw cover two, you're getting back to the high low on the dig down to your burst, right? If you saw quarters, you're going to play the comeback. And it's, it's all about how you get your guy, how you get your quarterback during the week, especially young guys to, to know what those indicators are. Like what's the indicator this week that's going to tell us if it's going to be cover two or if they're running three week or if they're going to roll from quarters to three week or just all those different little things. And that's when you start playing fast, in my opinion. Like once you know, like, all right, this game, it's all about the weak safety, right? Like I remember when we used to play Atlanta when I was in Carolina, they would run that old three week or they'd get into cover two. And all I had to look at was that weak safety, right? All my play actions, I'd take the ball and right before I turn my head, I'm peeking at that free safety. Oh, it's cover two. Here I'm going. And I'm sure you feel that way too when you're playing at your best. It's where are my indicators and what do they mean right when I see them? Yeah, I mean that's that's what you look at when you're watching tape, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, all right, who's my fish? Like, who am I looking at to to give the coverage away? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's perfectly said. You ever? I do this a lot when you're watching like teams. Is there any like when you're watching a defense? Is there any teams that you like see in the last like five games? You're like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch that team. That's not going to make sense to me. Like different offenses. Oh yeah, like in the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's funny. I thought when I mentioned the Tennessee thing, I watched Tennessee. I ended up watching them late that game late in the week. It was like Thursday or Friday. Cause again, like I was sick as a dog on Wednesday and I, I ended up watching it. Huh? Did you have COVID? What's, how do you spell that? Uh, I've never heard of that. China. What is that? Did you have the China virus? <laughs> no. no, I did not. I had this weird chest, chest, throat, inflammation type deal going on it was weird i've had it for a week okay cool yeah but but no so i I thought i had thought that it was when Tannehill was still hurt and they were still playing malik and so i was like oh i'm not gonna watch that game like you know i you know when when teams play lamar i'm like i'm not watching the game yeah when they are like justin fields now in chicago now that they're just calling all these q sweeps for him and rollouts and he's just scrambling all over the place i'm like yeah like they're gonna they're gonna run a completely different defense or like when it's in the cut up of like your third downs or your red zone cut up you're like "Mm, thanks no thanks (laughs) it's just funny how bad you want to do it yeah yeah, i'll go ahead one thing we haven't talked about since the season started as big off season lincoln riley rolls into your old hood coach helton out caleb williams comes in a whole heard of new dudes stamping into that huddle have you been you've been hurt so have you been watching sc at all i know normally when you're starting it's hard to watch anything let alone a west coast team living on the east coast but you've been watching sc at all oh yeah been watching the boys out west just crushing it they had that one one loss one little hiccup fight on baby yeah the one little hiccup in utah but they get to avenge that loss this friday in vegas <laughs> I was actually thinking about maybe going, which would have been crazy. You should go. Um, Why not? For the bye week. I know. You should go. Why wouldn't you go? You know what would have been cool is me and Baker were thinking about going together. Oh, that would have been fun. Because of his connection with Lincoln. Oh, that's right. Um, I didn't even think about that. That would have been awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would have been really fun, but I don't want to fly anywhere. So, but yeah, man, stoked for the boys. I mean, they're playing out of their minds. Caleb, I mean, I feel like it's just kind of snuck up on people like this last week or two. Like, I don't know where people have been. Like, he's been playing at such a high level this entire year. I even watching him at Oklahoma, I was like, dude, this guy's going to be special. Like, not knowing he was going to be the SC quarterback, I was like, dude, this kid's going to be really, really good. Like, just the way that he moves, like how fluid he is, how strong he looks, like just the way that he throws, like he has a cannon for an arm. And it looks like he sees the field really well. I mean, I'm not watching any tape, but it seems like he makes pretty quick decisions and he's very smart too. Like I notice him getting down a ton and never really takes any big hits unless he really has to. So he seems like a very heady, very smart player. So... Yeah, man, I'm excited for the boys. If, if they can beat this Utah team, and I always say I think it's super, super hard to beat a team twice in one year, yeah. especially in college. If we can beat this Utah team, I think, you know, we got a chance at, at beating some of these teams in the playoff. And, you know, if you get on a roll and you, you get a matchup that you like in the playoff, you never know. So you think they win there in the playoffs right now? Have to be. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, because they're they're already they're already at four. So like, if they win, they're solidified. You never know what's going to happen in the SEC championship or the Big Twelve championship. What do you think about Caleb painting his nails? I mean, I like listened to a. I was skeptical at first, for sure. I'm not going to lie, but I did. I listened to like one of his interviews when he talked about it, and to be honest, I completely forgot what he said. But it sounded like he does it for a good reason. So. I I, uh, I met him just like a lot of these guys, Elite Eleven, and and how about this one, dude? So he was in like DC, grew up in like the DMV, the the DC, Maryland, Virginia. Come on now, area DMV. That'd be a tough tough place to grow up. Probably so crowded all the time. The DMV, DMV, long lines. It's funny. I go to the DMV in San Clemente. So when you said that, I was picturing the same one. You probably got your license at same one I got mine at. Yeah, I I had an automatic fail there and. She let me get away with it. Ooh. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. It's because it's, it's Sam Clemente. And I'm practicing your shaka. It's not all bent like Chloe's is. But uh, dude, I, I left there and, and I was like, this is actually the best one I've ever seen. All the kids that have come through there, all the number one picks that have come through there. Brian Stump can attest to this. I said to him, I go, this, this is the best one I've ever seen. But it's his maturity. He grew up in, the D, in D.C., and just stay out of trouble, stay away from everything. He picked up swimming because he wanted to like stay busy and he became like the best swimmer in the state. And and, and so like the paint in your fingernails thing, like this is a perfect example of a dude who's like painting your fingernails would look like you're doing it for something, you know, for other people, like to, to be a certain way, to look a certain way. And it's like, I actually think it's the opposite. It's a like, no, this is how much I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, it's a, I, I take it as like an, a, a different notch level of confidence. The physical stuff everybody can see. But I, I said it on the herd like week one or week two, because all Colin wants to do is talk about SC. And I was like, there's a chance, you know, we're going to have this year and this year's draft class, we're going to have three guys taken really high, right? Maybe one, two, and three, right? Will Levis, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young. So we're going to have three guys that, I, I don't know what, how, how the draft's going to shake out, but like they could go one, two, and three. And be the second, third, and fourth best players, you know, at their position in the in college football. That this dude's going to play at a higher level above three dudes that are going to be taking one, two, and three. You know what I mean? Like that—that that rarely happens. 
right? And there's a kid yep. in North Carolina who's really good and he might be a high pick and he might be a stud and I love him. And then there's another kid who's really good. But this, I, I don't know that we've seen like three marquee guys in college football and they're, they're all jockeying for who the second best player in the country is. And the Heisman's what actually separates that. And a lot of times, because it's a voted thing, you know what I mean? Random ass guy wins it and he doesn't pan out in the league. But yeah, I, I said it then, I, I feel it not. I think it's the best, the best one I've ever seen. You know who else? You know who else is a good swimmer? Who? Josh Allen. Michael Phelps. He's Josh, a good swimmer. Unbelievable swimmer. Unbelievable. Remember we used to work him out with him and Jay. Him and I can Jason. see him just being, yeah, just being like, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just swimming as fast as I can until Bro. I come out. He eats water, like just takes up ground. Funny story about that real quick, actually. We would do those races at J Sarah, like on our on our Wednesdays. <laughs> and there was one day we were doing the race and I fucking was just trying to beat Josh so bad and then my eyes were closed. And I just swam straight forehead into the concrete in the side of the fucking pool. And I had the biggest bump on my forehead for like six minutes. Uh, I wanted to beat him so bad. I just busted yeah. And then we had pool basketball in my house. And then you uh, split yeah. your forehead you open playing on, on the – yeah, you still have a scar. Yeah, playing against basketball. the same people. Yeah, pool basketball against the same people. Jason. Busted my face open. Ruined your birthday party. Had to go get a plastic surgeon to sew it up the same day. Yeah, you ruined your idiot. version of my birthday party. I didn't, I didn't even know you left, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to the pool. You ruined you and Summer's Day. But, oh, but yeah, no, Caleb, though, man, this is crazy. I think SC can win it all. And, and they got holes on defense and the O-line, you know, was at versus an SEC front. I don't know, man. We'll see. They never block anybody like that before. But I just think Caleb's like, he's he's that guy. You know, I, it's crazy. I, I, I have one watching him on tape. And that Utah game, it's crazy. They lose that game. Guys, this is a the, the whole game is like it's a highlight tape. Like outside of some bubble screens and some slants that he threw, like if he had if he had 25 completions and like nine of them were screens, the others were like, what? And the other throws. The Utah kid had similar, like he had a day that day. Like he, he had, had a day. Ever. Yeah. He'll be he'll be out here for draft prep. You guys are like him. He's cool oh, shit. That's awesome. He looks like a uh, interesting character he kind of looks like a little bit more good dude trav he looks like trav he looks like cool. he looks like another guy who would do the chill or no chill okay well perfect segment. no he will be he will be yeah we're gonna hey, do real quick on that though right now let's he's go jt he's jt you're welcome, Jay. He's jt daniels and trevor lawrence yeah he's got you're welcome Jake. and long hair the promo <laughs> the promo all right great job sam sam's trying to get out of this interview so we're gonna do chill or not chill right now you've seen it before obviously with trevor chill or not chill you're one of the chillest dudes i've ever been around san clemente local will never leave so we're gonna say some names nice dude you look like pretty fun. consistent nose picker and booger roller too you look like sid from toy story right now as usual <laughs> fucking ridiculous. so me and yeah me and reese have a lot in common <laughs> true all right so you know the premise of chill or not chill we're gonna say some names and it's just be honest like you're one of the chillest dudes ever like don't be nice here. If they're chill, say it. If they're not, don't say it. All right. First name, Max Brown. Chill. Ricky Town. I don't have to say like why, right? You don't have to. We're just going to go quick. Ricky Town. Not chill. Mm, nice. That's what I thought. Cam Newton. Chill. Underratedly chill. Mike White. Chiller. The fucking boy, huh? You always used to tell me you love Mike. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Wait, which Mike White? 
Oh, is it a different Mike White? Talking about the quarterback? No. Oh, no. New York Jets Mike White. New York Jets oh, okay. Mike White. Not Jordan's Mike White. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike White. Quarterback. Chill. <laughs> All right. Bro. Not chill. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Not chill. Mm-hmm. Jordan Palmer. Chill. Am I not chill? It's a good thought. That was a that was a half answer. <laughs> am I am I not chill? That was so chill. That was a sideways answer. Uh, no, you're chill. You're chill. I was just trying to get you to panic, and your face is red. My is it is it hot in here? <laughs> Yeah, what is that best? What are you doing? How cold is it in California right now? I've been sick. It's like day six, bro. Just took my mittens off. Last one. Last one. Kyler Murray. I'm just gonna go not chill. Go with the go with the consensus on that one. Hey, this is gonna be so awesome to watch that thing unpack. By the way, him and Cliff, he's calling them out and all that. They're probably gonna fire Cliff, and then who's gonna want to go coach Kyler Murray? It's it's gonna be fun to watch in the desert. It's gonna be tough. All right. Well. Since you want to get off the show so bad, we're sorry to have you on here for so long. We got one last thing for you. We're going to do the two-minute drill with you. You've told your journey at Jordan's camps a lot of times. This is one of the coolest things that you do at your camps, Jordan, is when you have all the, the college counselors in town, we always are together at some house, wherever they're staying, or bonfiring at night and just hanging out. And we kind of go around the circle, and we all share our journeys around the quarterbacks. And I remember when we were staying – at the Sano house, Sam, you told your journey. That was the first time I've heard you tell your actual journey in front of a bunch of people. And and this is always how you are, which I think is so funny, is you're very reserved and you're just kind of hanging out with one of the boys and just just joking around. But then when you want to get serious and talk, you will go on for like 30 minutes straight. And I remember you you kind of just left it all out there on the table and, and told your journey so far. And that was, I think, two or three years ago. And and it was an awesome moment. Joe Burrow was there. Joe was in college at the time at LSU. And- I remember Joe goes, I thought that guy was super quiet. And then he was, <laughs> he was amazing. And this is right before Joe's huge year at LSU too. So Joe was yeah. like just whatever, you know? And so, so yeah, yeah, I like to take credit. I like to take credit for Joe's big season yeah. because I feel like I really prepped him for what was to come with my story. You're great. You were open and vulnerable. It was all you. He loved it too. Tell me. But give us give us another example. You're we're three or four years later now. We've gone through a lot. We've already talked through a bunch of it. But from your point of view, I think this is super oh. helpful for other quarterbacks and people watching the show. Like wherever you want to start, start and ends right now with Carolina Panthers having a win against the Broncos in your own bye week. Just tell us your story. Yeah, so grew up in San Clemente, California, Dana Point, Capo Beach, that area, right by Stater Brothers. And, you know, played, played a ton of sports growing up, mainly basketball, football, and baseball. Went to high school, played all three, ended up quitting baseball after my freshman year. Played receiver and linebacker my sophomore year of high school and ended up playing quarterback towards the latter half when the senior got hurt my sophomore year. But that was kind of my transition to being the starter on the varsity team. And then my junior year, I played two and a half games, broke my foot. That third game of my junior year, which is of course the the year that you get to put all your tape out as a you know as a high school athlete, and so I had to do a bunch of camps. You know, fast forward here, I only got a minute left. I I ended up making Elite Eleven, which is when I you know got a bunch of offers, and 
ended up committing to USC, had a great senior year, my, my senior year of high school and went to USC, you know, redshirted, had a fun time, did the whole college thing for a year and then got to battle it out with Max Brown and he won the job. He ended up winning the, the QB competition. We played two games and, or three games and he ended up getting benched and I, I played and I played the rest of the year. We won the Rose Bowl that next season. We ended up going to the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State and we lost that game, but then I get drafted third overall the next year. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Go to the Jets, everything happens. And then now I'm here in Carolina, loving life. You need about 30 minutes. You're, you're a long talker. You're, you were bad at condensing that into two minutes. You just skipped out about six years at the end there, but the meat of it, right? It's like, that was probably, that was probably the best two minute drive you guys have had this whole entire time. Not even right? close. Not even close. <laughs> Will Levis. It's hard, man. I like the I like the details. You guys know me. You're you're a storyteller, man. You don't like to think of who you are. Great storyteller. Well, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, man. I've been letting you be easy, but we've wanted you on the show for a while. I think it's a good time. I think personally, I'm like super biased, but I'm I'm pumped for you to be back on the field. Like we've people do not know me and Sam work out together almost every day in the off season. We throw together all the time. We grind it out together, like. This is, this is my guy right here. I'm just, I mean, I was in Carolina before he's in Carolina now. Like I'm just excited to see this guy on the field, like playing and, and getting back to the game he loves because I personally, I believe that your best days are ahead of you and someone's going to take a chance on you wherever it is. And, and you're going to ball. Like it doesn't work. You look at Geno Smith, it doesn't always work out right away. Like you still have a lot of motivation and, and skill and, and you're here to win. And I think these next couple of weeks are gonna be awesome for you. And I'm just stoked to see you back out on the field, man. So appreciate you coming in. You're going to be a reoccurring guest for sure. Definitely in the off, this off season. Yeah. This off season, we're going to, we're going to get you back on, but thanks for joining the room, bro. Thanks for making time. Yeah, man. And, and I think, you know, know each other a long time, but outside of your parents and maybe, maybe RJ, but not even because I watched college <laughs> too. I don't know that anybody's actually literally watched every single snap of football that you played since your retro freshman year at USC. So I've seen every aspect of it and, and a lot of hearts hearts over the years. And I've always told you this, and there's a couple guys that also I've shared this with too, but there's going to be a time and a place where all you need to do is play at the best of your ability. And you'll have a, you'll be in every game with a chance to make a run at the end. The dudes who actually like get up off the mat every single time and go get back at it. Like nothing ever happened and believe in themselves and never lose it and never cut corners or anything, which I've never seen you cut a corner, show up 15 minutes late bill a little early cancel last second never never once then that's that's gonna be true so i love that it started off the way that it did last week for you and and i'm pumped to see what happens next but thanks for coming on man appreciate it a lot of love on this one this is a lot of love on this boys. episode all right appreciate you boys thanks for having me on well that was pretty much how we thought it'd go right i mean one longer than we thought it'd go because <laughs> people who think like i said in the beginning people who think sam's quiet it's like no he just gets on a run and he'll just talk like I'm, there's yeah. times where i was just sitting there and i was like i'm loving it like he just gets yeah. up and he'll go yeah but the dude's the best and he's not going to sit here and tell you how hard it's been and how much he's had to do to overcome because he's just he's like a shield like you want to give him praise or credit like it's going to bounce right off of him mm -hmm. um, he doesn't need it he doesn't want it but but we can dap him up and man this guy's been through a lot last five years weight of his shoulders young at the when he got drafted he was the youngest first round pick ever drafted so everything that he went through he went through at a younger age than the people who went through it before him and uh, and so for him to continue to get up off the mat would have been very easy to throw in this year and say screw it i'm gonna go somewhere else next year 
but he rehabbed, he got back, got on the field. He's one and oh. So hopefully anybody who's still watching this has got a chance to kind of see who this guy is and how he ticks. And, and the idea here is he should have a couple more fans coming out of that. Yeah. Just one of my favorite people I've ever been around. He's one of my closest friends. I think he's just the epitome of overcoming adversity and, and being a respectful dude and, and understanding his role in things. And, and I just know I said it to him at the end, like, I know he's going to get his shot and I know he's going to, he's going to roll when he gets it. He's already want to know right now. So I'm hoping even in all the turmoil in Carolina right now, he'll, he'll be able to figure it out. So super pumped. Yeah. For him. That was an awesome interview. If you're still here, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribers are going up. We're at four and a half K right now. When we get to five K I'm giving away a Jersey. So we're getting close, real close. Keep going. We're on Instagram. It's the room with Kyle and JP. Follow us on Instagram on Jordan Palmer's TikTok at Jordan Palmer, posting all these videos, all the shorts from here. And let us know who you want to see. We got a lot of great stuff coming up at the end. College football playoffs coming up. We got NFL playoffs here in a couple of weeks. I think the the season's going to finish out great. And I'm excited for it. But we're going to wrap it up. Jordan, what are you grateful for today? I, I'm grateful for, I mean, my whole house is sick, man. We didn't even have Thanksgiving this year. It was a bummer. So I got a little two-week-old baby. And I'm just thankful for being in a position to be able to, you know, not just have to take Tylenol or NyQuil or whatever off the shelf, but married to a woman who's really healthy and 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 thinks really clean, just like your type of person you're engaged to, and uh, and so to be able to look at health from a holistic uh, approach and being able to put good things in our body, and that we're all getting better. So feel a lot of great gratitude towards that. How about you, man? I'm grateful just to have another opportunity on Sunday. I think you know we we got we got blown out this last Sunday, Miami, and that's. When you get down early and I didn't play well in the first half and, you know, we, we, we finished well, but that doesn't really matter when you're down 30 to zero. And, and I'm sure you've been on teams where you, you're down big in games. And the best thing about losing a game is you got another opportunity next week. And to be able to go in there and flush it today and move on and start game planning for our next game. I'm just grateful for another opportunity. And, you know, they're few and far between in the NFL. So got to take advantage of this one.